News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Pete Callender Show, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Remember, get the podcast. It comes right to your smartphone or tablet. You can get that at thepetecallendershow.com or wbt.com, any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, all right, so the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board votes 7-2 to two to fire the superintendent, Ernest Winston, the man that they hired with no experience, uh, and then gave a 3% pay raise to 14 months ago and removed a portion of the contract that would have let them fire him without any reason whatsoever. But uh, they took that out, gave him a pay raise, and now we're going to pay him more than a quarter of a million dollars, or sorry, half of a million dollars to walk. And they all love him. He's fantastic. He's so great. He's kind and empathetic. He's a good man. Loves the kids. Just not getting the job done. Just can't, just, just can't do it. So they go into closed session. So first they vote to fire him. Uh, that vote is 7-2. to two. And then they come back from a closed session. I have not had a chance to screen any of this, so I have no idea what they just came back and announced. So let's take a listen, shall we? So the documents that we're about to discuss right now will be available on board docs following this board action, and there will be no other personnel documents released to the public. I now turn to board member Lenora Ship for a motion. Thank you, Madam Chair. North Carolina General Statute 115C321 authorizes a Board of Education to make available for public inspection any information or portions of an employee's personnel file that is essential to maintaining the integrity of the board. In conjunction with the board's vote to terminate the contract of Mr. Winston, the board has prepared the attached memorandum in support of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Board of Education's decision to release personnel records. For the reasons explained in the board's memorandum, I move to release the following documents and portions of Mr. Winston's personnel file. One, the board directed independent investigation report. Two, Mr. Winston's 2020 2021 performance evaluation. Is there a second? Second. Okay, Ms. Ship, would you like to speak to your motion? I think it really stands for itself. I think this just is information that'll be there to say what we were looking at, what we are considering. Okay. And as a reminder, we'll do 60 seconds each. Um, you don't have to speak, but I'll just turn to each board member to see um, by district number. So District 1, Ms. Cheek? I have no other comment. Uh, district 3, Dr. Jones? No other comments. District 4, Ms. Sawyer? No. Okay. District 5, Ms. Marshall? No comments. District 6? No further remarks. Okay. Ms. Delahara? Um, I mean, I'll take a moment to reiterate what's happening here. I mean, as the document spells out, serious missteps happened and evidence of a lack of execution on some specific initiatives led us to this point. However, this negligence did not rise to the level of immoral and disreputable conduct to allow for termination for cause, hence the board's reasoning for termination for convenience. 
Um, I also want to reiterate comments that were made here earlier that I'm disappointed that members of this board spoke to the media with false information, including a misrepresentation of board members' positions or intentions. We are elected to make tough decisions and also to abide by ethical behavior. Okay. Thank you. Ms. Byers-Bailey? No comment. All right. Um, so with that, all those in favor of the motion, please let it be known by a show of hands. Any opposed? And Madam Clerk, that's unanimous. Okay, next. In accordance with North Carolina General Statute 115C275. All right, Zoe, I've just been looking at the board docs platform, and there's, there's no docs up there about this. I don't see it. I got... So hang on a second. Charlotte Mecklenburg Board... Wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. All right. Spoiler alert. Hugh Hadabaugh is the interim superintendent. Wasn't he our old superintendent? Hugh? Th didn't Hugh Hadabaugh? I, I don't know. We're going to pay him $265, uh, $22,000 per month. Uh, he will be eligible to receive the following benefits. Annual vacation, leave, sick leave, holidays, additional local paid leave, medical, dental, vision, insurance, transportation, reimbursable expenses, uh, let's check out the termination of contract here. <laughs> make sure make sure we're not going to get screwed again by this school board. The parties understand and acknowledge this contract is expected to end upon the board selecting a new superintendent. Therefore, the board at its option unilaterally terminate this agreement by giving a 60-day notice. And then we'll pay him his base salary and other accrued compensation through the date of termination, regardless of whether... Uh, Interim superintendent is actually required or permitted to perform any services for the board during that period. All right. So at least we're not going to pay out the remainder of his contract if they hire somebody. So that's good to know. Um, didn't completely screw that one up. But this other one, records to be released, Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education has determined the following circumstances require the release of portions of Superintendent Ernest Winston's personnel file in order to maintain the integrity of the board. The board entered into a two-year contract with Mr. Winston, August 2019. He received good performance ratings as part of his 2019-2020 eval. And in February 2021, the board amended his contract, extending it through June 2025. The amended contract contains a provision allowing the board to terminate his employment for convenience. If it pays 24-month severance or the remainder of his contract, whatever is less. In North Carolina, superintendent can only be terminated for cause if he consistently failed to perform the duties imposed on him by state law or the board, or for allegations of immoral or disreputable conduct. In 2020-2021, his performance eval was significantly lower than the previous year. In March 2022, so last month, the board authorized an independent investigation of his performance. They had to launch an independent investigation of his performance. Okay. I'll continue reading. Oh, this is 33 pages. This must be the documents. All right. I'll sift through this. Also look up Mary McRae during the break.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, just looking through the uh, Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board candidates. Arthur Griffin's running again. That should be fun. Um, but no, I don't see Mary McRae, so I don't know if she's running for another officer. I thought I saw her name on one of the candidate uh, lists that came out. All right, so uh, what do we got? I am reading through the documents uh, that were dumped by the CMS Board of Ed. Uh, this was the threat that Ernest Winston, you know, received. Like we're gonna we're gonna put this information out there unless you walk away, unless you resign. He refuses to resign, so they dumped this information, and I'm looking through it now. But uh, before I go to that, he has issued a statement. Has Ernest Winston? <clears throat> he says it has been my honor to lead Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools (CMS) the past two and a half years. When the Board of Education asked me to serve as superintendent of CMS in July of 2019, I considered it the ultimate call to service. I accepted the call and made it my commitment to prioritize students and their needs above all else in every decision that I would make. In my role... Okay, is that really true? It's the thing that... that, It just chaps me. Just a wee bit. Every decision... So when you bought the new suits, how about then? Was that for the children? Because you bought new suits, right? I mean, you got $24,000 a month. And as the rich man that hired my dad decades ago told him at one point after he had set up a mobile doctor's unit medical uh, care facility in a plane and would fly all around the world to provide medical care to war-torn and flood-ravaged areas and such, he said, you can only eat so much steak. That's what he said about having so much money that you don't know what to do with it all. And so he built, essentially, a flying hospital. So every decision that you make is for the kids? His commitment to prioritize students and their needs above all else Okay, well, you were pulling down, what, 280, 288 a year? Maybe you could have, I don't know, taken half of that salary and given it to, like, the classroom warehouse over there, you know, school supplies for the kids. Because local folks, local media and charities are always doing fun drives for the, uh, you know, for student supplies at the beginning of the school year, that sort of thing. Did you do that? Did you donate half of your salary? I'm not saying you should. I'm not trying to shame him for not. I'm just pointing out, if you're going to tell me that every decision you made was for the kids, that was your top of mind, that you would put their needs, not their desires either, but their needs above everything else, I'm calling horse hockey on you because I know that's not true. It's like people who say I gave 110%. Impossible. Impossible. All you can do is give 100. It's literally all of it. 100% is 100%. Okay. In my role as superintendent, but see, this is what I mean by he talks in these bumper sticker slogans and, and not well. Some people can do this and pull it off. Like Barack Obama is like the classic example of it. Uh, even Donald Trump, like he would brand you and it would stick, Right. So you can, if you have the delivery 
you can get away with some of this more pedestrian sloganeering. But he does not have that gift. I've seen him speak. He does not have that gift. He comes across stilted, rehearsed, and uh, insecure and uncomfortable saying the things that he's saying. He, does, he, he lacks the passion in, in the delivery. And I'm not saying that he doesn't believe the things he's saying. He very well, I'll, I give him the benefit of the doubt. He does. But he lacks the passion in delivering the lines. He's a print guy, you know? <laughs> oh, come on. That's a media. That's an inside media joke. Right. He's a print guy, so they don't. That, that, that's kind of par for the course. Now, see, if they had hired a radio guy for that gig, I'm just saying, doors open. Email Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com. I've got just as much experience as being a superintendent. I actually think I covered the city or the school board meetings for a longer period of time than Ernest did. So I actually might have more experience. Well, he did. He was a teacher, too, for tears. Although some people say I am kind of like a teacher, too, except I have to do a lesson plan every single day. And the content expires. It's a constant running on the treadmill, trying to make sure that we, we, we push out the lesson plans, that I educate as many of the young skulls of mush. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, All right, so back to his letter. He says, in my role as superintendent, I have witnessed the tireless dedication and hard work of countless leaders at every level in the organization. I have seen strong leadership demonstrated throughout CMS. All right, I particularly salute the extraordinary work of the teachers. Mm -hmm. Commitment to recovering from the pandemic is unmatched. Leading an organization responsible for educating children through the pandemic has been the ultimate challenge and one from which I never fled. No other time in modern political education history have leaders been required to navigate a convergence of factors of such significance. My intention as a leader has always been to lead with integrity, compassion, and gratitude. As I reflect on my time as superintendent, my best leadership lessons have come from students. See what I mean? There's another one of those bromides. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, The Pete Callender Show, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. A reminder, the three candidates, the, the only candidates actually, Republicans don't even look like they've got somebody running for sheriff. So it's just the three Democrats in a primary, which maybe that's that will determine. I'll go vote in the Democrat primary. Go vote, uh, vote for one of these sheriff's candidates. I haven't even done any research on them, but... That's what makes this so important. Tuesday, April 26th at 630, right here on WBT, live debate between the three Democratic candidates for Mecklenburg County Sheriff. Brett Jensen is going to moderate it. It is hosted by the Fraternal Order of Police, Sheriff Gary McFadden, Gina Hicks, and Marquis or Marquis Robinson. Uh, they will all be participating. It will be commercial free and, and uh, we'll be the only one carrying it. So 630 next Tuesday, the 26th. Mark your calendar. And do, 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 do. Oh, Ernest Winston's statement. Pretty lengthy statement. He says, leading an organization responsible for educating kids through the pandemic has been the ultimate challenge. He never fled from it. Um, my intention has always been to lead with integrity, compassion, and gratitude. 
And as I reflect on my time, my best leadership lessons have come from students. They have demonstrated extreme resilience during uncertain times, the power of honest feedback and courage to ask for the help they need. They have asked for support for their mental well-being. Now more than ever, our children need us to give them what they've asked for, what they need, support for their overall psychological well-being. You shut down the schools. You guys did that. Even though people told you not to do that, you did it. Right, but every single decision prioritized students and their needs, right? Right? Yeah. I don't believe you. COVID-19, he says, has forced us to prioritize what is most important. Grades, test results, and academic performance is a one-dimensional view of what it means to educate children who have survived a pandemic in the 21st century. Our children, I think, I think uh, COVID broke him. I'm starting to think COVID broke him. Some of the stuff I saw in the other document, I'm going to get to. Uh, I'm starting to think that uh, he did not handle this very well, like his own, from his own mental health perspective. Our children's mental health and well-being should be the priority. Only when we can reach them, we can, can we teach them. See, again, it, these bromides, just this slogan, constant, constant re- repetition of these slogans. Oh, my gosh, it's just mind-numbing. It, it, these people, and I swear to God, I think it's because they surround themselves with kids. I mean, because that's the job, right? You're teaching kids, and they have this pedagogical model where it's means they stand in front of a classroom a lot of times and just kind of talk to the kids, especially at the older grades. But they have this they have this tone that they adopt, this affectation of, well, now, you know, you're the child and I'm the teacher and I'm doing this. It's what's best for you. And you just believe everything that I say because I say it in this tone. And that might work for kids, but it does not work on adults. We find it condescending. Anyway, he says, so I end my service as superintendent the way I began it, centering student needs. I will continue to be an advocate for young people and activate, or sorry, an active and engaged parent in CMS and a staunch supporter of public education. Well, good for you. Um, then, then I've got over here, listen to this. They're releasing portions of his personnel file to maintain the integrity of the board. I read through some of this earlier. They said that his 20... 20- 21 performance evaluation was significantly lower than the previous year. So then they authorized an independent investigation as a result of the, oh, by the way, the guy who did it apparently was Dean Shatley. That's his name. Seriously. Dean Shatley. Out of Asheville. Dean Shatley used to be the, the attorney for the Buncombe school board. Not a lot of grassroots activist love for Dean Shatley. Just a heads up there. Okay. Uh, Campbell and Shatley is the law firm up there in uh, in Asheville. So he, he does this performance review, uh, independent investigation. Um, the board, because the board has concerns over his performance and responsiveness during the past year. So during the pandemic, where he was centering the students and all of that, the board has concerns about his performance and responsiveness but does not believe there are grounds for removal for cause. 
Because the severance pay associated with the termination for convenience is a large sum, the board finds it necessary to release this information, okay, to explain the reasons. So now they release this thing from Dean Shatley that is talking about uh, his investigation. It's dated March 23rd. And uh, let's say uh, the, the board conducted its second evaluation, and it was significantly lower ratings. As a result, the board hired me, and I'm here. I report back. Okay. Um, at some point during the evaluation process, Dr. Robert Avasa, Mr. Winston's professional coach. What? He has a professional coach? What were we paying for that? He's got a personal coach. Does he do life coaching on the side as well? Professional coach. He commissioned a survey of senior level administrators and principals. The summary indicates there was a low completion rate and therefore not enough data to confidently establish a generalized sentiment regarding the superintendent. The low completion rate was probably because no, no administrator knew that the survey was forthcoming. And instead... They just get an unsolicited email from somebody named Dr. Robert Ovasa, and they don't know who that guy is, so they don't answer it, which good for them. Do not click a link in an email that you don't know who sent it to you. Good job, people, for your non-responsiveness. That was the safer thing to do. Except for executive-level staff, many were not even aware that Dr. Ovasa is the superintendent's professional coach. Yeah, I wasn't either, and I've been watching the school board members' uh, uh, meetings since July. The survey summary indicates issues of trust between Winston and his executive team and the need for better communications. So, allegations of the superintendent's failure or refusal to perform the duties required of him by law. Here are the allegations. You ready? A supermajority of board members expressed concerns regarding the superintendent's performance or handling of certain issues. While board members' concerns varied, there was a consensus regarding A, the superintendent's response to Title IX issues raised in the media, the sexual assaults, which I believe is what, what did Delahara call them? The radicals? The radicals that were coming down to the school board meetings? Yeah, that was one of the big animating topics for them. Um, B, the handling of the Kendi contract and media requests. Interesting. So critical race theory, one of the other topics that the radical parents were coming down and chastising the board and the superintendent over. And then finally, the third topic that there was a consensus over the superintendents and the district's response to... Academic performance issues. Learning loss. Coming from the pandemic. One of the other topics that those radicals came down and argued at the school board. So despite board member De La Hara saying that the radicals are doing a victory lap, they didn't convince me. Mm, maybe you're just unaware that they kind of did. It was all subconscious. All right, let me get to this real quick. The contract with Ibram Kendi, cited as one of the, as one of the reasons why the board uh, 
gave him such terrible performance reviews and why trust had been lost among all these people around the superintendent of Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. In March 2021, Latarja Henry, chief of staff, signed a contract with Penguin Random House Speakers Bureau for author Ibram Kendi to speak at the district's summer leadership conference. The the, uh, contract was not provided to the general counsel's office for review, and as a result, it contained terms favorable to Dr. Kendi and his publisher. The one-sided nature of the contract led to serious consequences when the video and contract were requested by members of the public, including a state legislator. Despite the one-sided nature of the contract, there does not appear to be any board policy that would have required the contract to first be reviewed by the general counsel's office, although this has been the practice within the district. See, so think about what happened. They wanted Kendi, and rather than go through their normal lawyer-in process, they sidestep, they do an end run. They just ignore the general counsel. They ignore the lawyer. They, they agree to whatever terms Kendi and the publisher want, which were favorable to him. And then when people start asking for it, Based on the initial review of the matter, there is evidence to support that executive staff members obstructed the general counsel's office in responding to the public records request, and the superintendent was aware of the obstruction and instructed his staff not to turn over the video until the board chair became involved. This obstruction occurred after the general counsel's office advised that the video was in fact a public record and must be produced. Specifically, there is evidence that an executive staff member informed a member of the office of the general counsel that he would not turn over a copy of the video because he believed the the video was not a public record and he could be sued by Dr. Kendi. The superintendent was made aware of this and allegedly took no action to assist the lawyer's office in complying with the public records law. There's further evidence that the executive staff member informed a member of the lawyer's office not to turn over the video. It took board involvement to make the superintendent's executive staff acquiesce and turn over the video. Even then, the video was in a format that took several days to convert to formats that would make the video shareable with those that requested it. It's important to note that in the larger context, this this issue was resolved in a reasonable amount of time, and anybody who requested to uh, view the video in accordance with public records law was permitted to inspect it. And by the way, I am one of those. Uh, Charles Jeter, I contacted. I said, I would like a copy of the video, and he sent me a link to the video. Now, I was maybe late to the game. This was I was still up in Asheville, but that's when I did it. That's when I got the video, and I watched it. I did several podcasts on it. In summary, despite the initial obstruction by the superintendent's staff and his alleged knowledge and involvement in the obstruction, the video was produced in a reasonable amount of time. Another significant issue discovered is the possible inappropriate reasons for limiting the term of contracts for two executive-level administrators. In 2021, the superintendent provided executive-level administrators with two-year contracts as an effort, according to Winston, to hold them accountable. Two of them, however, received only one-year contracts, and one of them reported that in a discussion with Winston, the interviewee inquired why these two other administrators only got one-year contracts, and Winston said 
He wanted to show the board that he was holding administrators accountable, yet he could only provide arbitrary reasons for why these two administrators received only one-year contracts. Number three, neglect of duty and failure to perform the obligations in the contract. Board members and the staff raised concerns over his judgment, decision-making ability, the time it takes to make decisions, and the staff members, or lack thereof, that are counseling Winston's decision-making process. Wow, so that's it, huh? It's amazing how we are to believe that he was doing so well at first, and then the 2021 performance of Val just... He just tanks. Did he just all of a sudden start stinking? What happened? What happened? What, did COVID break him? And honestly, like, it it happened. I, You and I probably have, well, I know I have, and I'm sure you have, run across people in your personal life, professional life, whatever, that you know they're just not the same since COVID. Not that they caught COVID and it messed with them. And then there are people, obviously, that has occurred. But the whole pandemic, the fear, the panic, porn, all of that, right? It scarred some people. They 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 got into a certain mode of thinking and they just couldn't get out. Or depression, anxiety, whatever. whatever. Um, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I don't know how you go from great reviews to terrible reviews and them saying there there are concerns over his judgment, decision-making ability, the time it takes to make decisions, and the staff members or lack thereof that are counseling him in that process. So he's not talking to anybody to get expertise. It takes him way long to make the decisions. And when he makes the decisions, they're not very good ones. (laughs) So he's kind of hitting all the bases, right? These issues varied member to member, but specifically board members were almost universally concerned with one specific issue, student academic performance. The kids are failing. Most members agreed it was time for transformative change. Yeah, okay. I'll believe that when I see it. The problem is the model. It's the K-12 model, guys. I would love to say I would love to say, oh, okay, wait a minute, you guys, you're all you're saying it's time for transformative change. You all you're all saying that. Okay, uh, show of hands, there are school board members, um, opportunity scholarships, school vouchers. How many of you for that? Huh? Huh? Oh, 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 yeah. Board members differ on whether the superintendent is failing to perform his duties as it relates to these these issues, or whether there are other factors like the pandemic that have mitigated the superintendent's response to this important issue. See, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. I mean, aside from the fact that he was, you know, making bad decisions alone and on a really long timeline, aside from that, it's not his fault. It's the pandemic. It's COVID. In the fall of 2020, certain members of senior staff began to work on a plan to support and improve the consistently lowest performing schools in the district. It was called the Transformation Plan and should not be confused with the district's strategic plan. These staff members presented a draft to Winston. The implementation, however, has been significantly delayed. Oh, it's like the backpacks. Was there a tag on the transformation plan that California put on saying something about gases or products or something that could harm people decades down the road, something like that? Maybe that's what happened. And he deep-sixed it. I don't know. 
I'll keep reading. I'm only on page six. Winterbull up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.